I'm Dave Arnold, host of Cooking Issues. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Inside School Food. I am Laura Stanley, and I'm really excited about today's episode. Um, Our third in a series of five we are airing in celebration of Farm to School Month 2014. If you want to catch up with the first two, you will find them on our website, InsideSchoolFood.com. Um, So we began this series with a somewhat demanding conversation about farm to school procurement models, um, formal, formal purchasing protocols that districts, their suppliers, and community partners need to understand if they want to take farm to school to the next level. Um, and today we're doing, we're, we're, we're doing another dense topic, but it's actually denser. Uh, but our guests are here to help you find an easy way in. Uh, we're going to be talking about evaluation, uh, by which I mean assessing social, environmental, economic, and public health impacts of farm to school, uh, generating data about them, and understanding it across all the sectors where stakeholders' passions, hopes, and values have led them to embrace farm to school. So with just a half an hour to take on this enormous topic, the best we can do today is get you introduced to the ideas and the tools. The tools are new, pioneering, and sophisticated, Um, and my guests today are the leaders behind their development. We're going to begin with Anupama Joshi, who is executive director and co-founder of the National Farm to School Network, where she has been at the helm for more than 12 years. Uh, Anupama will be introducing us to the network's new farm to school evaluation framework. After station break, we'll be speaking with Lynn Kathleen of the Spark Policy Institute in Denver, Colorado, about Colorado Farm to Schools Evaluation Toolkit, which you can use to put into action the big ideas articulated by the framework. So, Anupama, we're so honored to have you on Inside School Food today. Welcome. Thank you, Laura. It's an honor to be here, too. Yeah, so a a little bit about the network. Um, It it provides vision, leadership, and support to connect and strengthen the farm-to-school movement across the country. Um, And as as for you, before you founded the network, um, you worked on the international stage with the FAO at the UN and the Pesticide Action Network. And I just learned this morning that you published a book last year called Food Justice, uh, and that's a topic I know we're going to touch on a little bit today. Uh, but first, I'd, I'd like to begin by asking you not just why um, the National Farm to School Network is emphasizing the need for evaluation, but why you're emphasizing it now. Why is now the moment for this? Mm-hmm. That's a great question, Laura. Um, as you know, um, Farm to School has grown rapidly over the last couple of years from from pilot projects in a few sites in the early 90s to thousands of schools implementing it. And we have over 40,000 schools in the country that are involved today in some sort of farm-to-school activity. We've also had USDA and CDC come to recognize the, the farm-to-school approach. So as the number of sites has increased across the country, so has the complexity of the types of activities that are conducted 
at different sites. And um, also we've seen an increase in institutional support, be it through policies or through funding mechanisms that are supporting primary schools. So the need for this resource right now is, um, is really uh, important so that we can have common language, we can have common understanding and common metrics as we move forward uh, with primary school because it is going to certainly be growing further in the next couple of years. So this is really a critical um, juncture, I think, in the movement where uh, we really need to take, you know, take, take stock of where we are and the growth that we've seen and really lay down some commonalities and some common um, language and metrics for, for use in the, in the coming years. Right, right. And you titled the framework Evaluation for Transformation. Um, what is potentially transformative about using evaluation? Mm-hmm. Evaluation, in my opinion, really should be viewed as a process, not as an end product or an afterthought of project activities. And evaluation can be transformative because if it is structured well, I believe that it can really shed like not just on the impacts of the work that you do, but also inform ways that you can improve your activities as well as um, honestly identify gaps for uh, you know for where you need to go in the future. So for fund to school, the name of the resource that we're going to be talking about today is intentional evaluation for transformation mm-hmm. because fund um, to school is cross sectoral and by 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 pushing evaluators and practitioners and researchers to think across common boundaries between sectors uh, and between outcomes, we really can transform the way Farm to School is influencing sites and communities across the country. But we really need to be thinking about it in a different, in a different way, and hopefully this resource provides the guidance for doing that. Right, right. So you talk a lot about sectors. Uh, tell, tell me which sectors you, you, you focus on. Yeah, the evaluation framework um, decided the people that that developed the evaluation framework, uh, which was a collaborative process, decided to focus on four um, key sectors that Farm to School touches upon, public health, community economic development, education, and environmental outcomes. Um, As we know, Farm to School touches a wide variety of sectors and a wide variety of outcomes are possible. And we decided to touch on, we decided to focus on these four sectors as the umbrella for holding all that can happen with Farm to School. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, let's, I'd like to look at the origin story for this. I mean, we're, we're, we're kind of in the clouds here. This is a, a big high concept thing, but you, you didn't come up with this yourselves with, at the network. You involved a, you know, a, a, a huge spread of uh, stakeholders in coming up with um, the, 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 uh, the framework and, and really uh, articulating what kind of problems it would solve. Can you, can you tell us how, you know, how it was born and, and how it came to be what it is now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I've been involved in Farm to School, as you mentioned, for about a decade now. And as the movement has grown, I really have witnessed an increasing interest in this model from people from different sectors, as well as an interest in looking at different outcomes. So um, through the National Farm to School Network, we really see our role as a convener and leader in the field. And hence, we needed to respond to this need that we were hearing hearing from the ground up. We were hearing that 
people needed guidance on, you know, what should they be considering when they when they start thinking about evaluation. So just like the just like farm to school at the local level is it, just like for farm to school at the local level, the collaboration is key. Um, this framework really could not have been developed any other way. It had to be an intensely collaborative process, um, and it spanned several years. It involved a lot of people informally, initially, informally over the years as we discussed the idea of farm to school evaluation and common metrics and common language at different conferences and events where we were having this discussion. And then formally, we started this process um, in September 2013, almost about a year back or so, where uh, over 50 people were involved um, that were experts in different sectors that I mentioned as mm-hmm. contributors to the to the framework or as also as um, reviewers to the framework. And it really, it was like piecing together a puzzle that made sense to everybody that was involved from across sectors, from also what also from across different user groups. And it needed to make sense to them from whatever angle they were entering farm to school from mm-hmm. um, for the resource to be um, to be successful. So in total, I would say more than um, 300 people have contributed to the resource, you know, either through discussions over the last couple of years or through an intense process that we followed over a year, year and a half. There's a little bit of um, something for, for everyone in the framework, and um, the framework is dense, but we've broken it up into bite-sized pieces for you as well that I can explain um, in a little bit. Right, right. I, I think it's important to note that it is broken up into pieces because I, I, I think for someone approaching this for the first time, just digging in, starting to read from the beginning, it can be daunting. However, um, you know, looking down the table of contents and understanding how it's broken out, and I, I think we should also mention that you've got these um, these uh, sector specific briefs that are a fantastic way in, um, and that I would recommend that people look at before they begin reading the framework. Yeah, exactly. So the four sectors that I mentioned, the framework is structured around them. And so um, if readers would like to go to Chapter 4, which is really the meat of the framework, which is broken down by the sectors, you know, that's a way of starting. So if you're interested in or you're approaching farm to schools from the public health angle, I would suggest go to Chapter 4 uh, and within that go to go to public health. Um, in addition to that, there also are sector briefs that have been um, made specifically for people that are looking at it from, you know, from a particular sector. So for public health, again, and for each of the sectors, there's, there's a one-pager brief that is the place that you should start also and then once you're familiar with that, you know, dig deeper into the larger document. Right, right. So, so Anupapa, I, I, I'd like to finish with sort of a, a, a big question. Uh, you know, anyone who gets invo- invo- involved in Farm to School, regardless of, of which of those four sectors um, they're coming from, they're, they're driven by a passion over the values attached to Farm to School. Um, and, and, and yet not everyone is emphasizing the same values this, at the same time you know, at the same time or you know, to the same extent. And I'm just wondering, how does having a framework, you know, in your view, over time, how will this facilitate conversation about what are the values behind farm school, and you know, across sectors? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so as, as we know, people approach farm to school just because it is such a, it is such a broad, um, broad model that people can approach it from different angles and people can approach it from, let's say, the public health angle or from a community economic development angle, both of which are connected, 
but they are distinctly different. And so as, as folks are looking at us from the public health angle, I think the framework provides for the same types of activities, the framework provides um, information and guidance on um, on how the same activities are um, are influencing public health um, outcomes that you are interested in, let's say specifically, but that they are also the same activities that you're doing. You may not know um, also have unintended consequences on community economic development, education, and environmental quality. So um, it is really providing an umbrella for folks to understand the gamut of things that can happen when they are doing some specific activities that are part of school activities and and vice versa you know somebody might be interested in community economic development and realizes that hey this this activity that i'm doing at a particular at my site um, actually has repercussions on environmental quality and education and that's a great thing because you have you know you have a broader context in which you're you, you can talk about primary school and your activities um, within that. I think equally important is that um, farm to school is, um, you know, is in some ways um, a food justice strategy as well. And mm-hmm. so we know that it has the potential to impact all kids, you know, irrespective of, um, of race, gender, socioeconomic status, um, and it provides the opportunity for them to access healthy local foods in schools and preschools, and that all farmers and processors and distributors should be able to access schools and, and preschool markets for, uh, for viable, you know, for, for viable income. Uh, however, I think um, we've really been intentional in this framework to make sure that we've included in each of our sector chapters and in each of the outcomes and indicators that we've, um, we've listed in here, that we've included um, specific um, language around equity and around inclusion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've, uh, we've, um, we've incorporated suggestions from experts in the field who have combed through the document and suggested more inclusive language for, you know, for each of the sectors. Um, we feel that if, um, you know, if we if we don't lay it out that way, that um, there is a danger of not uh, you know not looking at it or you know over overlooking it. Let's say so. For example, um, within the community economic development sector, very broadly, our our intended outcome is local and regional economic impact. But within that, I think specifically including language in the framework, which is what we've done is to look at indicators such as the types of producers and processors that are benefiting from front of school, you know, gender, um, type of um, agricultural production, looking at the number of locally owned businesses that are created um, that are, that are um, owned by, uh, by, by local, um, uh, you know, individuals, looking at training opportunities that are created for um, socially dis- disadvantaged farmers, let's say, through farm to school, um, through farm to school activities that are happening. So specifically, you know, laying out, the, in, in intentionally laying out these parameters or these indicators within the framework, um, I think provides further guidance so that as projects are looking at evaluation or as funders are looking at, um, at what they should be asking their grantees to do, that these are these are, uh, you know, documented here that they, that they should be, you know, that they should be looking at. Of course, you know, each program decides on their own what they should be looking at and what's feasible for them. But by having it in the framework here, um, I think it's pushing the needle in terms of what, what 
um, projects and what funders and, and you know, policymakers should be striving for with right. regards to sample school data. Right, right, right. That's exciting, a food justice agenda. It's very exciting, Anupama. Um, you know, I, I'm afraid we have to stop here, though we could easily go on for another hour. Um, and I, and I, I strongly encourage folks to look at the framework and the briefs um, that we mentioned, which will be posted um, along with this episode on InsideSchoolFood.com. Um, I, Anupama, I hope you will join us again on Inside School Food to talk more about evaluation and much more than that. I would love to. Thank you, Laura. We have been speaking with Anupama Joshi of the National Farm to School Network about the recently released Evaluation for Transformation, a framework about the very wide spectrum of people um, engaged in farm to school uh, can use to come together uh, over a shared need for common language, common protocols, uh, and so on. Um, as I said, you can find links to everything on our website. Um, and... Uh, I encourage you to sign up for our newsletter while you are there. You are listening to Inside School Food on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm Laura Stanley. Please stick around. After station break, our next guest will introduce you to the very user-friendly evaluation toolkit just released by the Colorado Farm to School Task Force. program was brought to you by Rolling Press. Rolling Press is a family-run digital and offset print house that brings together eco-friendly methods, ethical practices, and personalized service. Using environmentally responsible papers, non-toxic inks, and wind power, Rolling Press represents the harmony of traditional craftsmanship and mindful sustainability. Rolling Press offers advice on reducing paper waste and energy consumption, helping you save money and minimize your carbon footprint. For more information, visit rollingpress.com. Welcome back to Inside School Food. We're talking today about evaluation of farm-to-school programming, which is a necessity now that the movement has grown so big and spread so widely. Um, we spent the first half of the show looking at the big picture from 60,000 feet up. So now let's return to Earth and investigate what evaluation can look like in, uh, in practice. Um, I have on the line Dr. Lynn Kathleen, who is Senior Research Associate at the SPARC Policy Institute. Uh, SPARC is a national leader in evaluation in, in, quote, messy, that's how they put it, messy settings like advocacy, systems change, social movements, movements and public will building. Um, based in Denver, uh, SPARC partnered with the Colorado Farm to School Task Force in the creation of a new uh, user-friendly farm-to-school evaluation toolkit that Lynn is going to tell us about. 
Um, Lynn has been working in academic and applied public policy research for more than 25 years with a focus on community action and social justice. Uh, she, she tells me that toolkits like this, are, uh, this one, are a valuable resource for communities that don't have access to outside consultants to help them with assessment. Spark um, aims to make them easy for busy people to use. Do I have that right, Lynn? Yes, you do. Well, and welcome to Inside School Food. Thank you, Laura. Um, so, you know, let's start out like in any given school district. You know, who is typically taking care of the evaluation? Well, um, for any given school district, the person that would most likely be tackling this evaluation is really going to be anyone who is busy implementing a farm to school program. And so it could be the food service director or his or her staff that um, might say, you know what, we've been we've been procuring some local apples and, and some romaine lettuce and we really want to try and begin to understand, you know, is this working for with our producers? Because it was a pretty complicated bid system that we had to go through or maybe the delivery um, to our docks is complicated. There could be a lot of different things that they're like, you know, we want to make sure it's working for them um, because we want to continue on this. So it could be that person. It could also be your school garden leader. Your school garden leader be, you know, could be a food uh, core service member, mm-hmm. or it could be a teacher, it could be a volunteer. Any of those people who are involved in the farm to school program are likely the ones to say, you know what, we need to know more and we need to know it in a systematic way. Right. right. Um, and let's, let's open up the, the toolkit. Uh, you know, what's in there? Oh, well, the toolkit, (laughs) (laughs) that's a big question, but I will get right down to it. Um, So the toolkit actually has, um, it's broken into parts, and the reason we break it into parts is so that, um, you know, you don't have to use every single part of the toolkit. So it does have an overview um, on how you walk through. So there's basically six steps to implementing your farm to school program. This overview is only eight pages long. It's very readable. It has um, little links throughout that will take you to the resources you need. We have an evaluation plan template. Um, again, this is a very simple thing. It simply walks you through the steps that go along with that overview where you'll just li- literally fill it out as you read and you start to work with your evaluation team on that. And then we have um, what we call our attachments, which are really the outcomes for any given um, group that you might be wanting to focus on. And we've really identified seven main groups that are affected by farm to school programming. Mm -hmm. And what are those seven groups? So the seven groups are students, unsurprisingly, Mm -hmm. but also parents and teachers, uh, food service staff and operations, Producers, uh, school leadership, and community members—all of them have um, important role for, or you know, for farm to school, and important impacts can happen for them. Right. So you know, seven groups of people. In, in considering, so you know, say say I'm from a district where this we haven't conducted evaluation before, and we're trying to figure out our way in. Do we need to take all of these different groups of people into account in launching our evaluation? No, not at all. In fact. One of the things we really stress in the toolkit and in our online um, uh, webinar trainings, which we'll talk about at the end, mm-hmm. is the importance of um, really narrowing your your evaluation. I mean, the reality is that 
you can go crazy, um, but going crazy doesn't get you the answers. And so there are things, and, and we walk you through how to focus and how to figure out what specifically do you need to know now mm-hmm. and what is realistic to know. And, and uh, our toolkit gets you into that very practical realm. So, no, you're not dealing with all the outcomes, and you're not dealing with all of those um, potential people who could be affected. Right, right. So possible to start small. I, I think to um, you know even make your explanation more concrete. Let, let's look at one um, one of those seven groups. Um, let's let's make it food service. Um, you've you've um, you know offer a lot of possible um, areas that could be evaluated. Um, you know what are some of those, and and do we have to take on all of them um, for starters? No, and in fact, I think in um, food services, it's a great example, as our students and so on. We actually have quite a lot of outcomes that we have identified, and the reason for this is because really farm-to-school evaluation, um, though it's in a sense new, it has largely focused on food services and students, and so there's a lot of well-developed outcomes in there. Um, Having said that, there's no one program that would actually be addressing all of these outcomes. So let me give you an example. In Mm -hmm. food services, you might be saying, you know what, I've um, I've got my staff now trained up to um, be working with the local produce, to be, you know, really doing scratch cooking, um, and to be going out into the cafeteria, um, you know, during lunch hour and so on, and, you know, selling the food, walking around, talking to the kids and so on. So you might want to know just where are your, you know, where's your staff on this whole farm-to-school programming? So, you know, do they have an increased knowledge and interest in local food preparation. And the reason that these kinds of things can be really important is because ultimately farm to school is as much about educating, promoting, um, being enthusiastic with the kids and the parents and the teachers as it is about just the practical parts of it. And so if your staff is like, yes, this is so great, you know, I just love when I go out and see the kids are eating, um, you know, that chili that we made and we were using the, you know, they know because we're talking to them and we used our local um, tomatoes and we used some local kidney beans that we cooked up and so on. They're really excited about that. And your staff is excited. That's important to learn, and you can do that through surveys with your staff. You can do it with interviews with your staff. We have all the instruments that you would need. Right, right. So you're offering districts a way to quantify this stuff, and and I'm assuming this is because um, it's not only for the benefit of figuring out what's working and how to grow your program, but but this is data that you know your funders and prospective funders are going to want to be looking at. It's definitely true. One of the first things we talk about in the toolkit is that there really are three main purposes for doing um, an evaluation. And the first one, and I think we often think of it this way, but you tapped into a second one, um, which is the first one is really program evaluation. So that's those kinds of things where you're just trying to figure out, you know, is this working? Like the example I gave about, you know, are the producers, you know, comfortable with the bid process that we're using and so on? Because that's important. Otherwise, they're not going to come back to the table. Um, And so that's about your program. But then there's also the importance of providing information to your funders. So those funders could be somebody who has already given you maybe a a grant for your school garden and is requiring that you give information back to them about its success. 
or it could be for potential funders. So it might be that, you know, you got a little school garden started and you want to, you really want to put school gardens in all of your schools, all of your elementary schools, let's say. So you want to show funders, potential funders, the, you know, how this school garden can really help, help your students across the district. And then the last one is what we really call information for stakeholders. And the idea here is that really farm to school is in the same way that it touches those seven groups, those are all of your stakeholders. Um, because in order for it to be long-term and sustainable, people really have to know why it's important. And so it could be the school administration, it could be your parents, um, it could be other community members because you want to demonstrate to them that, you know, it's important for them to help you um, continue to interest more producers, help in the school garden maybe, whatever. And so information to stakeholders can be a key component. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and, and I just, you know, quickly, Lynn, if you could comment on, you know, because this all sounds like a lot of work. And yet when I look at the toolkit and I listen to your webinar, um, it, it's obvious that there are easy access, slow overhead ways in, and there's ways that all these different groups we're talking about can participate or drive the work. Um, you know, it, say I'm the food service director in a small rural district, t- 2,000 kids. I'm doing great work in farm to school, but, you know, it's me and the bookkeeper doing everything. Can I, can I use this? Oh, you definitely can use it. Um, so one of the things, again, that is important is that you're never just your own person. And, in fact, no evaluation goes all that well if there's only one person involved. Mm-hmm. You really need, you know, kind of that multiple brains, multiple people. And so um, we talk about who should be on your evaluation team and how you go about putting together the team. And so just, you know, kind of really quickly, obviously, you would want to be tapping anybody who is directly um, aware and and maybe participating in one way or another within within the farm to school recruit them onto it you also want to bring in say a couple of those people that might be that stakeholders that you're really interested in um, sharing the information with because you know what you want is um, if you really want to show it to your school principal you want your school principal to be involved um, at least just in some brainstorming so that they one will be getting what they want out of it so you know that you're asking the right questions and also also, it creates a buy-in, and it just creates a better um, outcome. And then the last thing is that while the toolkit is designed for non-researchers, non-evaluators, we recognize that, in fact, those small school districts and anybody who's just simply busy, um, and evaluation is not their main mm-hmm. thing that they do, um, it, they can always be um, helped by having somebody who has some research skills. We have incredibly practical advice and direction in one of the appendices of how you go about finding and recruiting free um, research help from, say, one of your local higher education, um, which can be your community college. It doesn't have to be your university. Mm-hmm. And um, and how you can utilize that and it will really benefit and make your evaluation just seamless and easy to implement. Right. And speaking of seamless and easy to implement, you um, mentioned that you are putting on a webinar series, and I really would like listeners to know about that. You've done it live once, and you're about to do it live again, and it's also archived. Can you uh, quickly tell us um, what it is and when we can tune in? Yes, absolutely. So we have a um, we have a two year USDA Farm to School grant to do this training and roll out our toolkit nationwide. And the webinar series consists of five webinars. Um, they are the next series 
begins on October 23rd. And you can go to our um, website to um, to sign up for them, which uh, which is Colorado Farm to School, and then look for evaluation, the evaluation tab, and you'll see it. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we have are five of them, and and their and their titles are is is exactly what it sounds like, which is the first one is getting started on your farm to school evaluation. We literally like. These are interactive. You pull out that evaluation template. We do a little bit of slides and training, and then we say, okay, time to stop. We do a little bit of polling. People then are have an opportunity to share what it is they're going to do, what is their purpose, what activity are they doing, who are they going to recruit. Um, then the next one is on outcomes, indicators, and measures, which we always say is the scary part. Mm-hmm. Evaluation speak, we totally take that down and get rid of the scariness of uh, outcomes, indicators, and measures. We talk about in the third one about choosing and adapting tools. All of the tools you need are in place. They're existing, but of course, there's no existing tool that may be perfect. And so we teach you very simple ways of how you adapt it and then how you ensure or test it, easy testing methods to make sure it's going to do what you need it to do for yours. The uh, fourth one is about how you collect and how you analyze that data. Again, a scary idea. Um, But there's great free resources and analyzing the data doesn't have to be, you know, rocket science. Mm -hmm. You're talking about some very basic things and some great graphics that you can literally do online through free tools. And then the last one is how you report results and thinking about the different audiences. So we really encourage people to look um, and to join our live webinars. Of course, you can go look at the archived ones, and that's fine, too. There are three major benefits to joining the live ones. The first is that you are eligible for five contact hours of continuing education for participating in the five um, live webinars. And that comes from two different groups, the Commission on Dietetic Registration, or you can get it through Metropolitan State University of Denver, which issues a certificate that is accepted by many professional associations. Mm -hmm. The second is that you can join our Google group for peer-to-peer learning with all the other participants that have been on the webinars. And then the last and exciting is that you are eligible to um, to receive up to four hours of technical assistance from us, Spark Policy Institute, as you develop and implement your evaluation. That's a really exciting perk. So I I would encourage folks to um, go to the link that uh, Dr. Kathleen mentioned, or you can find it on our website, Inside School. Schoolfood.com. I'll have links to the upcoming live webinar um, as well as the archive there um, and all of the um, toolkit resources and a link to the evaluation framework that we introduced in the first half of the show. It's all there. Um, Lynn, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you. It was a pleasure. Um, We have been speaking with Dr. Lynn Kathleen of the Spark Policy Institute about the new toolkit for farm-to-school evaluation from the Colorado Farm-to-School Task Force. Um, You've been listening to Inside School Food on the Heritage Radio Network. I am Laura Stanley. Next week, we continue our exploration of farm-to-school with a visit to Georgia, where an awards program that recognizes great work in farm-to-school is helping to drive system change. Thanks for listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org. You can find all of our archive programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can email us questions anytime at info at heritageradionetwork.org. 
Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 non-profit. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.